turn it up. Get ready. You're tuned in to VO Buzz Weekly. Weekly. The show where aspiring voice actors, established VO pros, and curious fans alike get to meet and learn from the mega successful talent in voiceover. Hear their personal stories. Find out how they became so successful. Learn their secrets and join them at the top. Welcome to a totally fabulous episode of VO Buzz Weekly. Yes, indeed. Samantha Paris in the house. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, she didn't just walk here. She didn't have just drive here. She flew here Mm -hmm. to be with you guys. You guys are going to love the show. Yeah, she's awesome, the founder of Voice Tracks in Sausalito. So we have so much to talk about, and there's a little giveaway, so stay tuned. Okay, let's talk to Samantha right now. Let's go. Guys, our guest is an accomplished voice actress, on-camera actor, and the founder of Voice Tracks San Francisco in Sausalito, California. They are celebrating 27 years. Wow, that's so, so cool. She has so many insights and tips and wisdom, and we have an incredible giveaway, so stay tuned. We need to get buzzed right now with the incredible Samantha Paris. Samantha Paris. Welcome. I'm so thrilled to Thank be here. Thank you for being here, Very for nice making to the meet trip. You. How and are nice you? to see you again. again? <laughs> wow. Yeah. This is so cool. So for those of you that don't know. Yeah, you have to so, give the yeah. backstory. Samantha and I worked together like literally like 19, in 1999, and that was the last time we saw each other. Some of you probably weren't even born that are watching <laughs> Yeah, now. but it's cool because 90, <laughs> 1999 was awesome, right? Yeah. Uh, so so good to see you again. You're such a you doll. Too. And I have to say, did you guys fly out here? We actually drove. You drove. Okay. Mm-hmm. How many miles from there to here? Um, uh, well, you know what? Actually, we drove from uh, Sonoma, where we live, okay. to Palm Springs because we, oh we have gosh. a home down in Palm Springs. And I can tell you, door to door, it's 545 miles. Wow. Not that I haven't counted it, but I have mm. made this drive for Many like times, yeah. 20 years. Well, and depending on yeah. the traffic, it can become yeah. a pilgrimage. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but then yesterday I drove up, up yeah. to here. Beautiful. To LA well, all I have to say is this, man. Thank you we for know, doing that. Absolutely. Oh we've, been, we've been, you know, after Samantha now for a little while, and she's hard to get. She plays hard to get. Um, but thank you. Thank you for taking the drive to and to spend time with us and, and, and those people out there. And, and I know that you're going to share some great stuff. So we're going to get right into yes. it. All yes. right. I want to know first off, and Stacey and I want to know, we're like, well, wonder why this happened. Uh, uh, how did you start with whole, you know, your, your performer background and ultimately what got you to leave Los Angeles mm. where you were born to mm-hmm. move to uh, San Francisco? Well, like many people, born and raised here, wanted to be a famous actress. I don't know why, but my parents, for some reason, kind of kept it all at bay. I was always saying, I want to be on TV. You know, I would watch the Brady Bunch, and I wanted to be Marsha so bad. You know what I mean? (laughs) So um, anyway, when I was uh, 15, my uh, stepfather took me to a voiceover class. And um, he was uh, a disc jockey on the radio here. And back in the day then, we're talking 1975, when there was nothing to do on an airplane uh, except watch like a really uh, nerdy screen. Oh, gosh. Or listen to the shows that they would, you know, on on your headphones. Well, my stepfather used to put those shows together. So that was his background. And he was a disc jockey. My grandfather 
was actually known as the very first disc jockey in the history of radio. His name wow. was Martin Block, and he created a show in New York called the Make Believe Ballroom. Mm. So radio was in my blood. Yeah. And I, I went to a voiceover class, and I can remember my parents said I was going to take this class. I was like, what? Voiceover? What's that? And when they explained to me that it was using your voice, but what you know wasn't gonna—I wasn't yeah. gonna be famous. It wasn't gonna be my <laughs> yeah, face. You're not gonna be famous. What? I was like, what? <laughs> Total fifteen-year-old. Have you seen me? You know. <laughs> and I sat in the back seat of the car, driving up Barham Boulevard. We lived in Burbank and down over Coenga uh, yes, uh, yes. Boulevard to Wally Hyder Recording Studio. Oh wow! And I just remember sitting back there, you know, like this. Anyway, long story short, I walked into the studio and. At that moment, the first time I got behind the microphone, my life was, I mean, I have goosebumps, forever changed. I just loved this. That's and so it's, cool. you know, I can't do, I'm forgetting the math. Well, it'd be 40 years. Yeah. 1975, well, yeah. and I'm 55. What, what do you think it was about that little experience right there that just, because before, like a few minutes before, you didn't even want to go? What, what, what made it so amazing for you? Um, I think the, uh, the fact that it's, um, it's so creative and it's, you know, like how when you go to a movie, mm -hmm. if you read the book first and yeah. then you go to the movie, you usually don't like it. Right. Right? Yeah. Because we visualize in our head um, what the characters look like in the scene and, you know, like all right. that kind of stuff, right? So yeah. I all of a sudden found voice acting like, like reading an amazing book. It's kind of the same feeling That's when cool. you get behind a yeah. microphone. So, um, yeah, so I studied voiceover. I started doing a lot of commercials. Um, there was a, a woman that used to help out in the classes that was a talent agent. Her yeah. name is Terry Turco. And um, so she was an on-camera agent, and she actually... They're coming to get you. <laughs> and she actually, you know, she said, you know, you're very talented, and I'd like to represent you for on-camera work. And uh, she goes, but you're too fat. Lose 20 pounds and come back to she me. She told you that? Yeah. Oh. I was 15. She was 15. <laughs> I was like, uh. I zipped it up and... Yeah. Anyway, so I, I did a lot of voiceover work when I was young, a lot of on-camera commercials. I started doing episodic television. Um, and it was funny. I, I had this thing in my head where, you know, I wanted a TV series. I wanted to be famous. I wanted to. But every time I would work on camera, I just felt like a fish out of water. I just, mm -hmm. and when I'd get behind the microphone, I just natural. felt like, God. Yeah. And then I, you know, I got Gem and the Holograms and... Uh, the Bionic Six, a few other cartoons. So yeah. I was I was really blessed. And um, so I loved what I did. However, it wasn't just the on-camera side of things. It was just in general. I always loved performing, but I felt like a fish out of water here. Yeah. And when I was little, I used to always visit my grandmother up in um, Northern California. She lived in Los Gatos, yeah. which is, I don't even know, it's like about an hour before you get into the city. Yeah. And I remember as a little girl wearing patent leather shoes and gloves and <laughs> going into San Francisco. Yeah. And I just always dreamt that someday I was going to live near the Golden Gate Bridge. Boy, and it's so beautiful, too. Oh, it's just yeah. and, but I don't know, I don't why? know the pull, yeah. I don't yeah, know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so all of a sudden I was, I was 28 years old and I, I literally just woke up one day and I said, I can't be here anymore. Wow. I packed my bags. I didn't know anyone. I was fortunate enough that since I'd been working, I, you know, I had some money, yeah. so I knew I could make the move, and I bought a home in Marin County in Mill Valley, and um, I had, I mean, I knew I was going to act, Yeah. but I didn't really have a plan. Yeah. I will say, 
about a year before I moved up there, when I, you know, this is back in the day when you always went to your agent's office to audition yeah, right, and stuff, right? Yeah. Casting director. Well, there was always um, letterhead from top ad agencies that were in San Francisco. Mm. Uh, Goodby Silverstein, Footgone Belding, Ketchum Advertising, Hal Reiney, these major advertising agencies in San Francisco. And I was just to think, well, why don't they just audition the actors there? there? Mm -hmm. So that's why I felt a little confident that I could move up there and that there would be work. I, of course, was still planning on flying down here. Yeah. The fax machine was just invented. <laughs> oh! And it wasn't even back then, like the, like the plain paper. Yeah, the, it was all, yeah, that, that normal paper. paper. Right. Mm. So I thought, okay, well, I will record my audition to Rita Venari into a cassette. Yeah. And then I will FedEx a that FedEx cassette it. to SBV, right? Oh, they yeah, send yeah. me the audition on yeah. the thermal paper fax. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I did have one of the first home studios. Oh I had a little gosh, closet. That is yeah. so cool. Yeah. And um, so I, I did that. I was auditioning and I would come down to L.A. for work. But I started working in San Francisco. But there was something very interesting. The biggest ad agencies, I mean, yeah. far bigger than any here in Los Angeles, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these were the major creative houses this side of New York were in San Francisco. But what I realized was the reason why the work was created there, but the actors didn't get to audition most of it, was there was only maybe 12 people that knew how to do voiceover. Wow. So there was this, so the work was created there, yep. but it was always sent down to Los Angeles for casting. Right. That makes total sense, yeah. yeah. So I was able to audition this stuff, and um, I all of a sudden, out of the blue, I had somebody call me on the phone that said, I understand you teach. And they, they actually said, I understand from Tom Pinto, who's my former husband from yeah. a million years ago, yeah. um, Tom Pinto said, you, you teach. And I was like, holy cow, I don't teach. I've never taught. But I didn't want Tommy to well, look yes, like I an... Well, I do. Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, 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 I, I teach. I, you know, so that's... So all of a sudden, I had this one student, and one turned into two, and two turned into four. Wow. And four, you know, mm -hmm. and it just kept growing. But what was happening then was now I I I wasn't you know it wasn't like I had some plan. Yeah, no, it but just what organically, started to happen yeah. was all of a sudden I'm starting to teach all these people, and out of the blue, one of these big producers called me on the phone and said, "Oh, I understand you cast," and I'm like, "Holy crap! Oh yeah, Why, sure, yes, I, do. Sure I do." <laughs> And so slowly what started to happen, and this is like circa 1988, 89, a lot of the work that was created there was now staying, st staying mm -hmm. or at least the Bay Area actors yeah. could audition as well as the other. Because now of they course. had enough people to right. Yeah, right. and good people too. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. And so it just kept growing and that growing. That is freaking that insanely is so cool. cool. You know, so I didn't have any specific plan, but um, this is one of the, the really important points that I want to make for all of you out there uh, watching. It was just something in my gut. Something said, this is where you belong. This is what you need to do. That's cool. And um, I've spent my whole adult life now just... Um, Taking each day as it comes, like just comes, like just enjoying the journey, mm -hmm. seeing where it takes me. Yeah. And I do really believe that whatever it is you want to do in life, if you're focused and you work hard and you're just 
doing the right thing and following your instincts, yeah. mm -hmm. things happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you plant a seed and you water it, it's yeah. gonna grow. It's gonna grow. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. gonna grow. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. Well, Dave Fenoy was here Aww. back in 2012. He was one of our first. I think it was episode 36 that wow. he was talking about, and he mentioned you that you, uh, you know, he was starting out early on, and he wasn't really booking. And then a friend of him said was was and said, "What are you doing?" And he said, "Oh, I'm taking classes." And and he studied with you, mm -hmm. and he said it was such a game changer, and and said that you know. Uh, I believe it was SBV had come down mm -hmm. to do a weekend seminar, and that was a, you know helped him start his career. So um, obviously, that's still essential is proper training. Mm -hmm. So what do you and what can you say to, to people watching about getting the proper training and having the patience to let the process work? That's the key: is you have to have the patience. You know, I don't. I don't know of anything in life that's really worthwhile that's going to happen overnight yeah. mm -hmm. or happen in six months or happen in a year. Um, when I'm training people, I make it very clear, you know, do I have the occasional person that comes to voice tracks and within a year they hit it big with something? Mm -hmm. It's so occasional. But yes, it happens. Yeah. Do I like to talk about those people? Absolutely <laughs> not because it's not, it's not realistic. Right. I look at this as like this is going to college. This is, you choose voiceover, voice acting to be your profession, and so you need to go to school and think of it in those terms. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I see it all the time. If people are constantly worried about, well, when am I going to be ready for a demo? When am I going to have an agent? When am I going to, you know, when am I, when am I, when am I? They're not in the moment. They're not in the process, and it's going to take longer. Yeah, mm -hmm. much longer. Mm -hmm. Also, I like to share with people that, in, in all these years, I mean, I've taught thousands of people. I've never, ever known anyone. If this is what you want to do, mm -hmm. every single person I've ever taught has become successful doing this. Mm. But That's you, a good track record. <laughs> <laughs> you should play the lottery. <laughs> what um, numbers are you thinking yeah. of right now? Yeah, just hypothetically, what were those numbers? Yeah. I didn't mean for that to sound... I mean, but it's, it's, it's true. I've never known anyone that, you know, if they work hard, if this is what they want to do. Yeah. But a lot of people don't realize what hard work is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And even though they accept, okay, it's going to take a while, they don't really realize that it's... You know, they're just so worried about when is it all going to happen instead right. of enjoying the yeah, journey. That's exactly it. And having faith, knowing yeah. that you're going to wake up one day and it's like, holy cow, I'm yeah. doing this now. How mm -hmm. did that happen? Yeah, you exactly. And, and everybody has a different goal, right? Like some people right. want to be the biggest voice actor in the world. Right. And other people may want to just, you know, make a, an extra 20 grand a year. Exactly. Right? Or, or even some people want to just be more confident speaking in front of people or co-workers, I mean, what do you find are kind of the goals and aspirations of the students that come to you? You know, it's a little different than here in Los Angeles, because mm -hmm. here it's definitely more, you know, people want sure. fame and fortune. <laughs> they, do. <It's> like, <laughs> they do. So what do you want to accomplish? Uh, everything? Everything. Right. Yeah. Tomorrow. Thank you. Um, the majority of people that come to voice tracks have never acted a day in their life. And so that's why I'm, I tell them, you're looking at three, four years of yeah. training. Actually, now what I say, because we all direct ourselves from home, I can turn anyone that's never acted into a great voice actor. And they are, as long as me or Natanya DPN yeah. or right. Sandy Schnarr or, I mean, just a multitude of wonderful instructors that I have. As long as we're telling them what to do, yeah. they mm -hmm. can do it. 
But there's now a whole year of training, I think, where now we're not going to tell you what to do. Now we're going to give you homework. We're going to email you scripts and you have to record from home and you have to send them in and we have to really show you, you know, teach you how to direct yourself. How do you does that? And so it's it's but but what I tell my students is what seems like kind of a bummer on the front end that there's a little more training. Yeah. You now have years on the back end of now you're doing all your auditioning from home, it's so much easier to break into this business now because in my day, you know, you had to have some kind of job where, you know, you were available during the days for auditions and you had to schlep everywhere. You had to sacrifice so much. There is no sacrificing anymore. So my students who are anything from stay-at-home moms and dads to school teachers to therapists to lawyers to, you know, it just runs the gamut. Their lives stay the same, right? Mm -hmm. You get good at this voice acting thing. Now you're beginning to to get auditions. So Mm -hmm. you just have to find that extra 20 minutes in your day Mm -hmm. or an hour in your day once you start you know, with an agent and they're yep. sending you 10 auditions a day, which happens in the Bay Area, by mm-hmm. the way, that's very regular. Um, so, you know, it's like you still have your full-time job, you still have your life, and boom, all of a sudden, wow, I just made 20000 extra dollars. Next year, wow, I just made 30000 extra, whoa, what, you know. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's, even though there's a little more training to begin with, because you have to learn how to direct yourself, yeah. It's so much easier now on the back end, and I mean, more you, and more people break I into the industry. I believe so too. I yeah. believe so too. I mean, there are people that are actually creating, you know, great incomes that don't even live anywhere near a studio. Anywhere near yeah, a studio. Because we have email, mm-hmm. we have MP3s. Mm-hmm. Thank God for MP3s. <laughs> um, and, uh, and and but but there's a few things that never change, and that's that you have to have proper training, mm-hmm. which is what you're mm-hmm. talking about. And I gotta say, I've never heard of anybody actually go through a, a, a process of having students for a year mm-hmm. auditioning from home on their own and sending back their auditions to teach them how to self-direct because mm-hmm. that is key. Yeah. It is key. Yeah. Well, I mean, these are these will be classes. So yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, send yeah. homework. They have to record it. Bring then it they, then they, they email it. So okay. first of all, they're practicing that the recording process. and the yeah. emailing. And, and I am so strict. It's like if you label it wrong, if it's one minute late, sorry, because, yeah. you know, you email stuff to voices one, two, three. If it's late, it's late. It's, it's yeah, out of there. Forget about it, yeah. So, um, yeah, and so then everybody, we, we, then we sit in the studio and we listen back and we talk about, okay, what was good about this, what wasn't good about this. I actually have my students, they have to sit in the director's chair and direct other students. When people get really advanced, I sit in the back and I'll make, I'll have like an eight-week class and eight students, and each week one of them has to take, take over the whole class and I'm just standing in the you know sitting in the back making notes and then talking you know later about what they missed or what they didn't or what they you know that's cool man I love that okay so you have some really great tips for Mm. Mm self-direction okay so let's go through these Uh, script analysis is key it is key if you don't get the script you're not gonna get the job Mm -hmm. period but what I notice people do I know all of this because it's what you know I'm still a performer it's what I used to do and you know when you're given a script, let's say it's a dialogue, mm-hmm. 
we all have a tendency to read it, but we're really focusing more on our part and we're already like kind of like reading our lines and how am I going to say these lines? Yeah, we're not yeah. really reading the whole script. Well, a lot of times a big clue for who your character is isn't in what you say, yes. but in what the other person says. Absolutely. Right? Very true. So the first thing that you have to do is whether it's a monologue, dialogue. Well, and first of all, you have to figure out what is this? Is it a radio commercial? Is it a television commercial? Because they're completely different. Mm -hmm. Radio is theater of the mind, right? Mm -hmm. So you're going to paint the pictures for the listener. Yeah. If it's a television commercial, the visuals are already there. Yeah. Performance is going to be a little bit more understated. Of course. But what if it's some form of narration? You know, is it History Channel? Is it, you know, a crime narration? Is it an audio tour? Is it mm -hmm. is it a video game or is it a cartoon? If it's a cartoon, is it prime time? Is it, you know, stylistically, yeah. Yeah. it's all different. Mm -hmm. So you first have to ask yourself, what is this? But then beyond that, I tell my students, you must read every single word on that script. Sometimes the title of the commercial will be a big clue as to how you need to play yep. it. Right. But beyond that you have to read the whole thing, when I get a piece of copy, I don't become a performer until I step up to the microphone. I read that script like if I had to direct it. Because mm -hmm. as a director, you have to see everything. everything. The timing matters, the music matters, the sound effects matter. So really reading that piece of copy as if you had to direct it, you're gonna see so much more yeah. in so the you're script. Not, you're not just, you're, not just uh, you're basically dissecting yes. the script. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you know, a lot of times you know, people will pride themselves on, oh, I pick a piece of copy, I just get up and do it. And you know, maybe that does work for some people, but I spent my entire life earning a living doing voiceover. Mm. I guess I'm just not that brilliant because <laughs> I have to sit with it for yeah. a few minutes. Yeah. And in my mind, it's not a race. Yeah. Okay. To, it's not a race for how quickly you're ready to get up to the microphone. Quote, unquote, the competition starts yeah. when you step up to the mic. Absolutely. So even when I do still come down here and audition at DPN, I'm such a dorkopotamus. But it's like everyone, <laughs> everybody is so glib, you know, they're yeah. doing their shtick. And, and this is still Sammy, the fish out of water, right? Because right, right. I'm like, I always used to just sit really quiet and look at my script and... You know, but I still go outside or their quiet room, and I really sit with it. And I never fully rehearse. I'm saving that for the microphone. Mm -hmm. But I'm really figuring out the different ways I can do it, who I'm talking to, why I'm saying what I'm saying, mm -hmm. you know, possibly just how it can be different, whatever. So I always say that acting is a real thinking man's sport. So I do all my and a woman thinking woman's sport yes. too. So I do a lot of thinking. Yeah. So that then I step up to the microphone, I'm done in one or two takes. Mm -hmm. And it's like anything. It's like tennis. It's like golf. You know, someone that, that's yeah. really great yeah, yeah, at yeah, it, yeah. they make it look effortless. But right. do you think it is to them? How, How many hours work? are they practicing? Oh How many? Right. Yeah. So a lot of people think, well, they're not talented or they're not very good if they can't just immediately look at a script and step up to the mic and do it. Yeah. It's just not that way. Mm -hmm. So you have to really figure out... Um, uh, what the script is about to begin with. When it comes to commercials, it's so important to fig to ask yourself who who is the target market for this. Mm -hmm. A lot of basic voiceover coaches will say, "Oh, you know, just talk to a friend." Mm -hmm. Well, that's not necessarily true. You know, if yeah. I'm doing a commercial for, you know, like a cleaning product, commercials are still very stereotypical. Mm -hmm. So, who am I really going to be talking to? I'm going to be talking to a mom, mom. or 
you know, woman or, or woman, you know, or Mr. Mom. Or Mr. Clean. Or, Mr. or that one Mr. guy Mr. out there in Alabama. Mr. Clean. Mr. Clean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So knowing yeah. who your target market yeah. is is yeah. really important. Um, but the, the biggest tip I can give uh, actors is to stop thinking of yourself first as an actor. Because you, you're automatically worrying, not only worrying about how you're going to do it, but even if you can do it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, you're already holding yourself back. Yeah. Yes, and you know, and then they have those wonderful specs, specs at the bottom that are not ever contradictory. They exactly. <laughs> I throw them out. Or actually, what I'll do is. Do you read I, them first? Or you read them last. I read them last. So no specs. I'm going to read the script, make my choices, and again, based on my acting choice, I know what the result is going to be. So then I'll. <laughs> the specs go, oh, very good, right. So I'm on what, track. Yeah. what happens, or, yeah, or, yeah. Or, if not, well, first of all, the ones that are totally contradictory, where, you know, it goes on and on and on and on, yeah. and, you realize no it, yeah. and it makes want. absolutely no sense, you, you have to throw those out. Yeah. Okay, but let's say, oh, gosh, it's not, I'm, I'm really off base. Well, you know as well as I do, a lot of times they don't know what they want, mm -hmm. so now you have your other way. To me, the big question is, okay, so do I do it my way, which is a little different than the other 300 people that are going to be auditioning? Yeah. <laughs> Should I go with my instincts and do my, my way? Yeah. Most of the time, I'll, I'll do that because I don't want to fit in yeah. with 300 other people. And it goes back to that same thing about being true to yourself. Yeah. So, you know, but easier said than done. I happen to know if I make an acting choice and it's not exactly what they're looking for, yeah. mm -hmm. mine is still a really valid yeah. of course. choice. Right. Yeah. But I will usually, if my, if my way is different from what they're asking, but I know it rocks the house, yeah. I'm going to go with my way. Absolutely. And, yeah. and then I, you have no regret. No, I would say mm -hmm. that, that a lot of times, more times probably than not, it's that thinking that will actually get you the job. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. even if it's not exactly what they were thinking, they're gonna go, wow, that was a really neat choice and we didn't even think of that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that, that really worked with the product because you understand the product and who you're selling to. I think it's more valid to, you know, you, you have more courage to, to do that when you're doing character work, cartoons, sure, games, course. or comedic radio. If it's television voiceover because you're so locked into locked. The, yeah. the, the video, yeah. you got to stay in the ballpark because the, the, the music and everything. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I guess, too, I've lived my life kind of a little to the left and it just works. <laughs> She's on the parallel track. I appreciate that. The road, less travel, the road less travel is my favorite book. Um, well, no, another tip you have is don't do so many takes. Oh, gosh, that's a kiss of death. Explain, explain to us so what you mean by that, Samantha. Okay. I actually already kind of talked about it in that I do a lot of thinking, you know, preparation. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people just step up to the microphone, you know, they've read it through once or twice, and they do a take. They hear, they hear it back, and it's a mess, right? So they go, oh, well, I'll do it again. So they do it again. Hear it back, it's a mess. So they keep saying, oh, I'll do it again. But they're not telling themselves specifically. Why they're not listening back and going, oh, I need to warm it up. Or, mm -hmm. oh, I need to be more sarcastic. As a matter of fact, what most people do, actors direct in the negative. So they'll hear it back and go, well, that really sucks. I was so flat. Yeah. Now they do another take. 
well, they haven't told themselves the thing to do to make it better. They've just said, well, that really sucks. I'm flat. I'm just going to do it. How about, time. oh, gosh, that's that's a little flat. I need to brighten it up and warm it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you have something to act. Yeah. Right. It's forward thinking. Mm-hmm. So my feeling is, is that when you do a lot of takes, well, it's like anything gets old. It gets stale. Do you do you honestly? I mean, if you're prepared before you step up to the microphone, do you really want to take two takes to do something or 20? Because yeah. even after about the sixth one, you can't hear it anymore. Yeah. And if you play back each take, it's so not the same. if you've done four takes, yeah. well, it's actually eight takes. Because yeah. now you've heard it eight times. Mm-hmm. You can't hear it anymore. Yeah. 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 So you also said about not relying on editing your auditions for them to sound good. <sighs> that you should deliver those performances or you shouldn't be auditioning. That's Please explain. Did you say that? Did, Did you, you say, say that? that? Is this true? <laughs> Mamma Mia. <laughs> With my Italian husband sitting over here in the yeah. corner, I'm going to say Mamma Mia. Okay, her hands okay. are going to What's the matter with you? <laughs> Editing. Okay. We are actors. We were not raised, born and bred to be engineers. Yeah. That's for starters. Now, I do understand in this world of technology, you do need to, to learn how to do all that right. stuff. And yes, with the like over 100 different classes I offer every six months, do we have home recording classes, like people bring in their computers and mm-hmm. we have to teach them all that? Yes, but back in the day, <laughs> <She's going back. laughs> the reel to reel, and then the cassette, yeah. when we auditioned on a cassette, well, first of all, f- there was, people, you couldn't the reel to reel was too crazy, man. I was just like, the cassette was, was a much better innovation. Oh, you know what? I actually just took my reel to reel machine out of my studio, oh. out of my main studio, I don't know, it was probably about 10 years ago. I mean, I wasn't using it, yeah. but it just... It's nice to it's have yeah. it there. It's part it. of your history. It's like retro yeah. or I something. Totally yeah. retro. <laughs> anyway, um, but let's talk about cassette, yeah. all right? And uh, every actor here doing voiceover in, what would that be, the 70s, 80s, 90s? Mm-hmm. It's a cassette. Mm-hmm. There is no editing. No. Right? So it's just like being a stage performer. Here's your right. script and I'm a performer. Okay. So what I find what happens now, I'm not against editing, although most people, again, aren't a brilliant editor like this gentleman here. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate right. that. Story. So, you know, do I hear breaths missing and do, you know, all that kind of yeah. stuff? But I'm not even talking technically like that. I'm saying that I'm noticing now Actors who do nothing but record at home and they rely on editing, yeah, their auditions sound great. But then when they come to me live for a class, or let's make it even more important, they go to a session, they can never get through a piece of copy without screwing it up because they're so, they know they can always edit. Mm -hmm. And I'm, you know, maybe it's, you know, a little different here. But I'm always saying to my students up in San Francisco, I say, you know what? Your colleagues in Southern California can step up to that microphone and deliver the goods like that. True. They don't need to edit. And so if you can't get through a piece of copy without screwing it up, you're not a performer. So, you know, I, I have many students. How that do are, you really feel? Oh, I get so mad. She's <laughs> very adamant about that. <laughs> you know, I am so passionate about my teaching. Yes. That's and, very um, clear. So I um, just just recently, uh, my husband Graziano and I, we were having a dinner at our home, and um, it was with some people that I didn't know in his life before we were together. And 
Sombers. He was like boasting about, you know, my past, doing yeah. movies, saying all the things that he thinks people would be impressed about. Yeah. Not talking about the, the school, because like, who's going to know, first of all, about voiceover or, or the, the school or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, w- one of the people asked me, so what was like your biggest accomplishment in your life? And um, it only took me five seconds to answer. And the thing that's most important to me is my school are my students. At any given time, I have about 350 regular students. Mm-hmm. Every six months, I, I fill out this form. We have so many classes and stuff that yeah. I have to like tell each student. I, I mark, prioritize which classes they can take. Did you say 350? Mm-hmm. Holy So I, I, I prioritize with just a little highlighter, like what classes I think they should take. Yeah. I never have a student ever that's in a class that doesn't belong in that class. I personally handwrite a note to each student about how well they're doing, how much I love them. I might write like, gosh, remember that dorky thing you did last week or whatever. Yeah. But the point is I, I love my students so much. I am very passionate about this. And when I sign every form, it's, I love you, Sammy. I love you so much. It's not funny. Holy cow, I love you. And I can genuinely write that on every single form for 350 people. Mm-hmm. And so when this individual asked me what was the thing I was most proud of, it's that I have the capacity to care about and love so many people. That's, and that's it's amazing. like I already am feeling this connection to yeah. all you out there that I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's like I want you to succeed. I want you to do this. And so yeah. I get carried away. I'm sorry. Well, well if no, that, that's, that's amazing. These are quality yes. problems. Uh, quality problems. Absolutely. Well, speaking of Sammy, Samantha, you uh, changed your name from mm. Bobby Block mm-hmm. to Samantha Paris. What That was hap- crazy. Okay. I mean, it wasn't crazy. Yeah. This just goes to the, again, follow your instincts, follow yeah. your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, you know, the greatest career move, Yeah. but I didn't care. I made it work. You know, I moved up to the Bay Area. It wasn't like I moved up to the Bay Area and, oh, Were you in I'm the gonna... witness protect? Were you, un- were you wanted by the law? <laughs> That's what I thought. That, I thought you were I thought, from the law. Just like maybe That's something happened in of. L.A. and I was like, I got to get out of town and no. I need to have a new identity. Okay. I was born. That's good. Just Change to know. my name, move to San Francisco, nobody <laughs> will ever find Just to, good to know that no but one's going to. it was gonna... crazy because I went up there still as Bobby Block, started a career up there. I probably had about 75 students. I'd begun just barely to be in the media, and mm. then I changed my name. It was really mm. crazy. Wow. But it's so embarrassing, but it's okay. I was born <laughs> Roberta Lynn Block. Roberta, Roberta Lynn, Lynn Block. Now that wow. is so dorky. It's not. It's actually kind of sexy. It. Roberta Lynn. Roberta Lynn Block. You know how when you're in school, the first day of school, and they call you out you by ca- your name, and they <laughs> yeah. do your proper name? <laughs> yeah. I used to cringe Aww. when they were going to say Roberta. And um, so my stepfather, who I was not close with, and it was not a good thing, but the one kind of profound thing he said when I was a teenager um, that stuck with me, he said, the only thing you ever really own in your life is your name. Mm. Now, I don't know if he said it one night when he was drunk, because he was drunk like All the time. every single time. But <laughs> it just sort of, it stuck with me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, so I, when I moved up there, I met my husband of 22 years, um, Andre Paris was his name. And um, oh, there's no way I was going to be Bobby Paris. I was like, you No way. That doesn't even sound it's good. Horrible. Bobby Paris, private yeah. eye. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> so I um, I just always, I always loved the name Samantha. Yeah. Yes, did it come from Bewitched? Hello, Hello. of course. Well, it suits you, though. Yeah. I mean, Samantha, that, so, it suits you. Yeah. yeah. You so look, I yeah. changed my name, and I, yes, what you actually have to do is, if you want, if you want your passport to read, your driving license mm-hmm. to read, you do have to go to an attorney. Yep. It wasn't cheap. Yeah. And um, you have to stand before a judge and say, yes, I'm not running from the law or anything. Right. But Anymore. the point is, again, it was something I just, I had to do it. Mm-hmm. Was back then, was SBV really happy about it? <laughs> no. I'm going from Bobby Block to Samantha Paris. And yeah. they're trying to sell your brand. They're trying, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's not like I could slate, like I could go, hi, this is Bobby Block. But now I changed Formally my name to Samantha you know? Paris. You know? yeah. So, yeah. But you know what was super sexy about it? It forced me to, it wasn't the plan again, but it forced me to reinvent myself professionally because how cool was it? Now I'm just saying, hi, this is Samantha Paris. It was sort of like I built a new career. So every job I got, it wasn't based on my reputation. Yeah, yeah, it was like a new It was like based on my talent. You are a thrill seeker, girl. Isn't it crazy? It is crazy. I know. I love that. I'm gonna change my name. Okay. To Samantha. Roberto Duran. <laughs> oh wait, he's Carlos. No, he's yes, already famous. Both. <laughs> Carlos. Oh, I love man. that. So okay. Samantha, you are being very, very gracious, and you are giving away some uh, coaching mm-hmm. or a whole class. Can you please tell us a little bit about it? Well, um, yes. Every couple of months, we do a beginning seminar which is, you know, it's like a, it'll be like a Friday night, 6.30, 9.30, Saturday, 10 to 5, yeah. or it might be Saturday night, Sunday format. And uh, so it's a really condensed uh, class, you know, working in, in not all of the different areas of voiceover, because yeah. in nine hours, there's not enough of time course. for that. But the, the basic uh, commercial world and character world and whatnot. And um, I really like this weekend class because it, it, there's so many people that have this, this no pun intended, this voice inside them wondering mm-hmm. about this. Sure, yeah. And so, you know, you're not going to walk out of that class being a voiceover star. No. But it is going to answer that voice inside you about whether or not this, this is, is for you. you. Yeah. And I always tell people, you should never base a decision on whether or not you're good at something. Yeah. You know, like, oh, well, you know, I, I really sucked in that class, so there's never going to be any hope for me. That's not true. Yeah. This is merely finding out, do you enjoy this? Like, where did this kind of take you? Sounds yeah. corny, but, you know, emotionally, spiritually. Yeah. Like, you know, just yeah. if you enjoyed it, you'll get better at it. Well, yeah, yeah. And you'll, so, want to, you'll want absolutely. to keep pushing forward. Exactly. And um, the classes are always very small. There's like 12 people in the class, so get a so, lot of time behind the microphone. So this is a big VIP yeah. situation. Yeah. Yes. So how can our viewers partake in this giveaway that you're having uh, and and maybe be a part of that. Well, this is the teacher in me because I always love to give homework and stuff like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so you have a writing assignment. So what I'm looking for, what my staff is looking for, actually the whole school, the mm. whole school is involved in this. Wow. Um, what it. we're looking for is we want a heartfelt note from you guys. Um, I mean, it doesn't have to be like totally mush. I don't really mean that. But I want to know. Do you want it in a letter or do you want it in an email? In an email. Okay. Email. Sorry. Things just got a little simpler for you. Sorry. Yeah. So in an email, you're going to write to us and tell us what what your takeaway was from this, what you got out of this, and also why you think 
you deserve to be the student that gets to come and take the class. Wow. And so, and so then what's and by what you got that, out of this, Samantha's talking about this these, episode. Th- yeah, these and, two episodes, and, part one yeah. and part two. Mm-hmm. You can watch them both. Otherwise, forget about it. Uh, we'll say Graziano out to you. We'll, uh, <laughs> put some Sicilian spices on you. Um, but so they're going to they're gonna send out a note, something that they get heartfelt that they got out of they your got episodes. And why they should be one of Right. Well. And the really fun thing is that, um, so my staff we will narrow it down to probably like 10, 12, something okay. like that. And then we're going to post those on our Facebook page. And our students are going to read the notes and they are going to vote for who the wow. winner is, who should nice. be. Because my that students so know cool. how special and- the school is and they know that, per- first of all, they're going to go, Jesus, this person gets a free class? Yeah, yeah. what about me? Yeah. I've been coming here for yeah. three years. Yeah. No, so, so, okay, so what's so, the email for so that? So they're going to email. You guys are going to email to voicetracks at voiceover-training.com, and it's right there. It's right here in the lower screen. Um, and you're going to try to limit it to about 250 words, yeah? Yes. Yeah, yes. okay. Yes. Beautiful. Um, and so it'll be on the voicetracks at... Voice Tracks SF Facebook page. We'll also post all this on our page so that you guys have the details. Please yeah. follow directions. Also, you said the fe- the class is there's one in February 2016. But if someone's not available for that, exactly. they can come at some point during 2016 when they are and yes. the class is offered. Yes, yeah. exactly. But the deadline for this giveaway is December 15th. Yes. Okay. Uh, you miss it. You miss it, it. Forget about it. December 25th, 2000. 15. <laughs> so if you're watching this in 2017, it's already happened. You're like so Go have done. some coffee. So Go have some peanut butter. It's over. Um, yes. This is fantastic. Yes. So cool. And if there was a monetary... Oh, wait. Let me say one thing, too. This is open to all of our viewers anywhere in the world, anyone that would like to fly to Sausalito, beautiful Sausalito, California. So anyone is eligible for this, not just U.S. residents. Cool, cool. Do you have to speak English? Well, yes. You of do have to course speak you English. do. Yep. Okay. So if there was a monetary value attached to this course, which I mean, there would be if somebody paid for it, what would be the monetary value? It's so funny. You're starting to ask this, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you shouldn't be interviewed and say, now don't quote me because there's a million <laughs> people watching. But, um, a roundabout. It's so this about has to be perfect. $400. Okay, so yeah. basically you're getting an insane yeah. deal to write yeah. a paragraph about Samantha Paris and what you got out of her episodes. I love this. Can yeah. I enter it? You could enter it. Really? Why not? I'll use a different name. I think it would be. No, actually, Bobby, what, is it? Bobby what is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? When they say like employees and residents yeah, not I eligible. Think, oh, la, 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 Chad, la, la, la. We'll, we'll take you to the class, but okay. I will give it to you for your birthday. Okay. Well, that's all we have for part one with the lovely Samantha Paris. We're going to be back next week with part two, but you guys don't forget about the giveaway. Okay, this is a really, really cool opportunity, and you not you have to follow directions, otherwise you're not going to get it. So. Yeah. Stacey. Check out our Facebook page and the Voice Checks SF page to get all the details. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you guys so much for watching. We love you. And just remember, you, you always have time for a little, little buzz. Don't just listen to VO Buzz Weekly. Watch the show in stunning HD video at VOBuzzWeekly.com on their YouTube channel or on the app. VO Buzz Weekly is sponsored by Chuck Duran's Demos That Rock. Rock. The voiceover demo producer to the stars is now available to you. Visit DemosThatRock.com and take your voiceover career to the next level. See you next time. And remember, you always have time for a little buzz.